Good morning. It is Thursday, October 13th, and trending this hour, or rather not trending, is the thumbs up emoji. According to a recent poll of 2,000 people aged 16 to 29, emojis used by old people include the thumbs up, the red love heart, the okay hand, and the grimacing face. What does that mean by old people? Like, what? who is the old person? Well, they ask people aged 16 to 29, so I'm guessing if you're 30 plus, according to this group, you are considered old. Oh, I see. Also trending, an old pair of jeans. On October 1st, in a remote RV park in northern New Mexico, a pair of excavated Levi jeans from the 1880s sold at auction for $76,000. Guess who the buyer was? A 23-year-old from San Diego. Why does a 23-year-old want an old pair of jeans worth $76,000? And where does a 23-year-old have? Why? So where do they get that money? Why? How does that even happen? <laughs> Finally trending, a Queen song. Face It Alone was recorded during sessions for the Miracle album, which was recorded in 1988. It was left unfinished. It was recently rediscovered by the band and will be released as a single. The song does feature Freddie Mercury. Okay. This is not real. This is not a thing. What's not real? This the whole song? the whole thing. Like we we recently discovered we had totally what? They forgot they did the song. Like is there just such a large queen catalog that we do so many songs we don't even remember? And what does that mean it was discovered? Okay, so they what, said did Indiana Jones find it somewhere <laughs> in the Temple of Doom. Okay, so they said during the session back in the 80s, the band recorded 30 different tracks. They uh-huh. they sang 30 different songs. Sure. They recently went back into the studio because they're re-releasing this miracle box set. Uh-huh. It's going to be a reissue. And when right. they went back into the studio to tweak some of the old songs, sure. they found this track oh. that they had apparently right. forgotten about. Sure. Doesn't sound like a money-making scheme at all to me. <laughs> Do you think any radio stations will be playing Face It Alone? Well, I, so this is more your genre than it is mine because you are a program director. Mm-hmm. In the modern radio genre, because I remember my first job that I had was at a classic rock station. This was in the mid-2000s. And so we did a thing for a while where it would be like, in order to make the older songs sound more, like, I guess, newer again, Mm -hmm. you would do a thing where, hey, the Rolling Stones or Paul McCartney or whoever has a new album out. Here's their old stuff, or here's their new stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's their old stuff. But of course, you would word it in a way where it was catchy. You would use the new stuff to keep people thinking, oh, it's so great that I'm hearing this. This I've heard turn the page for the nine millionth time, but mm-hmm. there it is again because it came after something new. I don't know. Do radio stations still do that? Is that still a thing? I think morning shows will. They'll play a clip of it. Really? Or, you know, a minute and a half of it. Maybe possibly debut the whole song. Will it get into regular rotation not on a contemporary music radio station i doubt unless it's really fabulous because the the beatles were the first to do this remember when the pbs had the huge beatles special in the mid 90s it was like a five night or four Mm -hmm. night special and it was the biggest thing in the history of of ever because they found all these old interviews and went back and talked to the living beatles again i think that was when all of them but lennon were still alive and they released the anthology right you're talking about right and then they had these two new songs mm-hmm. we uncovered these John Lennon songs and right. we added the Beatles to it and so it's a new Beatles song and 
as usual, it was the same John Lennon garbage that was every other John <laughs> Lennon song. But oh my gosh, it's the Beatles with him. They they we bl- we have the Beatles to blame because everybody else has done this now. So and so is dead, and we have uncovered these such and such recordings that had never been heard. But mm-hmm. Give me a break. It'll get a little radio radio play, a little attention, but then it'll go away unless it's a really really good song and becomes a hit. Do you want a hot musical take, Casey? Yes, please. Several years ago. Queen, I'm doing air quotes here on the YouTube, Queen got back together for some sort of tour and they had Paul Rogers from Bad Company mm-hmm. as the front man. And while not quite to the level of Freddie Mercury, because obviously it was an older Paul Rogers, Paul Rogers was a phenomenal fill-in. If you were going to pick anyone to fill in for Freddie Mercury, Paul Rogers was a phenomenal choice. Better, better than Adam Lambert? Oh, a million times better. But Adam Lambert can hit those high notes. It, Paul Rogers is radio royal or a rock royalty, mm-hmm. and that was a phenomenal pick. And Silver, Blue, and Gold by Bad Company is one of the 10 greatest songs ever written. There's your hot take for today. Thank you. Good morning. It is 12 minutes after 9. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. Thank you so much for listening today. You can join us on YouTube like Rob mentioned. Just type in Kendall and Casey WIBC into the YouTube search bar. So let's talk about Joe Biden. Republicans are promising a congressional investigation into his son if they retake the chamber. Hunter is under scrutiny. Prosecutors say they have enough evidence to charge him with high tax crimes and lying on a federal form when purchasing a gun. Of course, the president came to his son's rescue saying he's, quote, confident Hunter is being straightforward about what happened. This all happened when Joe Biden sat down with CNN's Jake Tapper. So first clip we're going to play you is, I think, the most important thing of all, because in this clip, Biden does not dispute that Hunter lied on the gun form. So as we've repeatedly said, that as an administration that has made gun restriction, gun regulation, gun crime punishment, top of the list of their agenda, we're done here because Biden right here in this clip, Mm -hmm. they don't dispute it. Oh, that's not his signature. Oh, he didn't. Nope. He was on drugs. He lied about it on the form. Take a listen. By the way, this thing about a gun, I didn't know anything about it, but it turns out that when he made my a- a- application to purchase a-, a gun, what happened was he stayed, I guess you get asked, I don't guess, you get asked the question, are you on drugs, you use drugs? He said no. And he wrote about saying no in right. his book. So I have I- I- great confidence in my son. Why would he lie? My son's not going to lie. Well, I mean, it is abundantly clear he was discharged from the Navy, right, over drug use. I believe that's what our Naval Reserves, I think, is what he was in. He clearly the laptop from hell shows immense illegal drug use. He's got scales for crying out loud. (laughs) And Biden's admitting, yeah, that's what he said on the we're done here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Joe Biden is truly serious about about getting strict and hammering down on on uh, on illegal gun purchases, you know, we always hear that about all the violence in Chicago is illegal gun sales in Indiana. If you're serious about it, here is a phenomenal opportunity to put up or shut up. Let's start with your kid. He lied on this form. So Biden went on to say that he won't be making a decision on running for reelection until after midterms. And this is a flip flop 
Trump as well, because we keep hearing, oh, yeah, he's going to run. He's going to run. And then he said, well, I'm going to make that decision after the midterms. But he did say that he could beat Donald Trump if they were to face off for a second time. Of course, Biden turns 80 next month, and he thinks he's doing a fantastic job. You may not like what I got done, but the vast majority of the American people do like what I got done. And so I just, it's, it's a matter of, can you do the job? And I believe I can do the job. I've been able to do the job. I've got- what, so he said, let's, Kevin, can we play like the first five seconds of that clip? You may not like what I got done, but the vast majority of the American people do like what I got done. Okay, and- stop, stop, stop. So every poll, Casey, there's not Mm -hmm. one poll over the past year that Mm -hmm. has shown Joe Biden, as far as I know, over 50 percent. The majority of the polls recently, other than when the just magically, coincidentally, right before an election, they showed him up there in the 40s for a while, have him in the low 40s or the 30s. The majority of people in most polls, over 50 percent, I'm talking about disapprove of the job he's doing. Who are these people? That are saying he's doing a fantastic job. Right. I don't. An ABC News, and this is a ABC News Washington Post survey, just came out said 35 percent of Democrats don't want him to run, and 56 percent say they want to pick someone else. So here's the question. He says that he's doing a great job. He spent 40% of his time on vacation, 150 days in Delaware. And I'm sure there are various levels, but how much time do you give a politician to prove themselves? Well, he owns everything that's going on in the country right now. I mean, I, I think the society is a collective. You probably have a year of grace period to say, look, if you got to correct whatever's going on because there's a lag time between policies being implemented and success on the policy he owns everything it's all him it's not not only has it not gotten any better it's gotten markedly worse Mm -hmm. he owns absolutely everything casey yes when we come back yes i know one of your favorite parts of this show is when we play wild and wacky clips from john fetterman (laughs) what is he talking about when does the machine stop and the human (laughs) begin we're going to hear from john fetterman coming up from 93 wibc John Fetterman is facing off against Dr. Oz in what is widely considered one of the most important Senate races in the country, in Pennsylvania. Fetterman's kept a limited campaign schedule for much of the race because he is recovering from his stroke. But he did recently sit down with an NBC News correspondent, Dasha Burns, and they had a little back and forth, a little tete-a-tete. Yeah, so this is a huge deal because the control of the U.S. Senate could very well come down to what happens in Pennsylvania. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, but very likely. And here is the way I... like. With candidates for public office, I always say, would you hire this person to run the company that you depend on your livelihood for your livelihood? Mm -hmm. So if the answer is no, if you would not feel confident in this person running the company that you depend upon for your livelihood, why would you want them in charge of 330 million people and arguably the most powerful economic engine in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And in the case of John Fetterman, it is a repetitive repetitive inability to even form coherent 
sentences. We're not talking about like views we disagree with. We're talking about like the man cannot form coherent sentences and he's been super sketchy about what's actually going on with his health. And this reporter here in this first clip asked him straight up about why he will not release reports from his doctors about his health and you tell me Casey if this answer sounds like someone who is super confident about their their medical their medical trajectory take a listen don't you think that if you just released those records and answered those calls it would be easier to put this to bed once I said um, I believe that the having this our doctors saying that we're fit to do it and I have demonstrated my abilities and where I'm at and I'm leaving people up to that, that choice. But we haven't heard from your doctors in six months. Well, but you've seen from me every day and you've seen our campaign going you know, all across Pennsylvania and having uh, from them. Yeah, we've seen from you every day. That's why we're asking you, mm -hmm. because you use words that do not go together in incoherent, short, non-correctly formed sentences. That's why we're asking you, what do your doctors say what's going on? So he's using the assistance of a closed captioning technology so that he can read the questions and then respond. Which that's not necessary. I mean, it is a big deal. I mean, clearly there's something going on with the guy. But look, that's not necessarily that huge of a deal to me as the guy regularly says things that if your neighbor or your parent said that thing, you would immediately ask them to seek help because it doesn't make any sense and you wouldn't want that person on their own much less making decisions for other people now he here's another example so he gets asked a question about the debate and you tell me if his mm -hmm. response lines up with the question that was asked listen are you committed to showing up on october 25th to debate your opponent no matter what happens no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not concerned. Uh, I believe that's another opportunity to be transparent, and people can make their own decisions. Uh, you know, during the debate. Sorry to clarify. Are, are you committed to showing up on October 25th, no matter what, no matter what your opponent says or does? Well, yeah, of course I'm going to show up on the 25th. So he says no. Right. And then he asks, acts like surprised and offended because she asked a follow-up question because you said no. It almost seemed like he was confusing the words committed and concerned. That's, uh, that's a great possibility. And this is somebody who wants to be one of the 100 most powerful people in the world. Yeah. And so then to wrap it up, they asked uh, this reporter from NBC. She provides a little synopsis of the whole interaction. And Lester, in small talk before the interview, without captioning, it wasn't clear he was understanding our conversation. So think about that, yeah. Casey. The guy who is will be a negotiator. Mm -hmm. He will be. He's supposed to be a you know a unifier, a guy who's got to get in the nitty gritty of policy that affects hundreds of millions of people. And this is not Fox News or Breitbart or Newsmax. This is NBC. Right. The, the reporter saying he can't understand small talk. Yeah, and she got a little heat for saying that. 
Savannah Guthrie from NBC said the reporter shouldn't have said that. But then other people came out like Chris Matthews from MSNBC, former MSNBC host. He said that her interview was fine. It was reasonable. She asked some reasonable questions and he just couldn't answer because he doesn't understand. Yeah. All right. uh, When we come back, Abdul will join us. We're going to recap the Secretary of State debate that Diego no-showed. What has been the ramification of that? Mm -hmm. And the big U.S. Senate debate is coming up on Sunday. All right. Those things are on the way with Abdul from 93 WIBC. With no breaking news this week. Well, well, well technically, yeah, but it, well, I didn't break the news this week. Well, uh, let's start with <laughs> <laughs> let's start with the debate that took place on Tuesday night, the Secretary of State's debate. Of course, the big story was that Diego Morales, the Republican, refused to show up. Not only did he refuse to show up, he refused to respond, uh, according to the people who put the debate on to anything that he wouldn't even be there. I think he made a big mistake by not showing up. Let's say you. Yes, uh, with all the undecided voters in this race, and the race being so close, you want to take every opportunity to reach out to those undecided voters right now. And Diego didn't do that. It was, to me, <clears throat> he missed a big opportunity because, yes, it was a debate. Yes, it was on public television, but there's still a few thousand people across the state of Indiana going to be watching that. And those people are probably going to be undecided to make a decision. And if you don't show up, how are they going to hear about your ideas for voting, for you know, to Make life easier, better for small businesses. Don't protect seniors from securities fraud if you're not there. And you don't win if you don't show up. Yeah, and that then becomes the story, right? Because how hard should it be, especially if there's three of you on stage, at most you'll get 15 questions, probably somewhere about 10, to just fake your way through it. And then there is no story, but yet the story now is this guy's a total coward and won't won't show up. And that is the story that keeps going. Uh, like I said, it was it was a majorly missed opportunity. Uh, now Diego was at actually th- that night he was at the Warwick County uh, Lincoln Day uh, down in Warwick County, which is fine, and it's like a hundred so Republicans. But if I'm doing the math here, I'm going for a hundred people who already have their minds made up versus mm-hmm. a few thousand people who don't have their minds made up. Mm-hmm. I'm going for the few thousands. How did you think the two that did show up performed? Oh, I thought they did fine. Uh, Destiny hit her thing about uh, you no know, voting. Uh, Jeff Moore hit his hit his they they hit they hit similar themes they've been hitting all all season long. So when, whenever I watch these debates, I have to remind myself, why do I feel like I've heard this before? Well, that's because I have heard this mm-hmm. all all before. No, I, I thought they did fine. Uh, once again, uh, I thought Jeff had one of the best lines. Let's talk about the eight hundred pound gorilla that's not in the room. Mm-hmm. Diego Morales called that arrogance, and when they think that they're entitled to get your vote, they don't have to show up to these things, which. He he's not complete, he's not completely wrong, but no, I thought they did fine. I thought it was spirited. I thought it was respectful. It was a debate should be. What is his strategy? His being Diego's because somebody is clearly telling him don't go to this thing. How is there? I mean, do they have internal polling that says, well, Abdul's poll is wrong and we're just way ahead, and the worst thing I, you could I, do is is screw it up for yourself? What is the strategy? I've heard this theory out there. There's there's a poll out there that has Diego excuse has Diego ahead by like ten points. I haven't seen it. Uh, don't know what the sample size was. It's just what I keep hearing. And I'm like, okay, guys, if, 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 if Diego is actually ahead by 10 points, then I don't need to see your cross tabs. I totally understand that. But just show me your top lines. That's all. Who did, who did you interview? When did you interview? How old is the poll? That sort of thing. 
but but no one has no one has done that yet. So I'm a little skeptical when when I hear that. Now with that said, though, I think Diego's strategy is going to be to they know they know the race is close. So what they're probably going to try to do is run up the table as much as humanly possible with Republican. With Republican voters. That's why he's going to you know, the Lawrence Township Lincoln Day, the Warren County Lincoln Day, the Clinton County Lincoln Day, and just try to, try to, try to jump as many Republicans as humanly possible. So that's, and hopefully that'll push him over the edge. What do you think about Pence doing a fundraiser for him yesterday? I thought it was interesting because I actually ran it to Mike uh, a couple a couple Tuesdays ago at the Columbia Club before an event at the Remnant Trust. And I was going to ask him, like, hey, you still doing Diego's fundraiser next week? But he didn't get a, didn't get a chance to. Uh, I could see Mike being concerned about the the issues that are circulating around Diego's candidacy. But I could also see uh, some of the big money people telling Mike, hey, look, you, you got to do this. Uh, Diego Diego needs to help, needs assistance, because if he does, the Democrats are going to get Secretary of State's off. They're going to turn back. There'll be dead people voting again, blah, 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 blah. So I could see Mike doing it for the greater good. Mm. It's like it's like the teacher who's really good to go teach in a bad school district because they feel some calling. To- oh, like John Lovitz at high school high. Yeah, <laughs> to save the day. <laughs> the, uh, uh, Abdul is here with us talking about uh, the Secretary of State debate that took place Tuesday night. Diego was not there. Now, when you would, because you've been to these Lincoln Day dinners before, I'm going to guess you're like me and you've been totally banned going forward now, but you know. No, no, people still like me. Uh, who are they? <laughs> when, the people when, that don't like you uh, <laughs> when you go to these Lincoln Day, or when Diego rather goes to these Lincoln Day dinners, does anyone like raise their hand? Let's take away the allegations that you printed in the cheat sheet and the indie politics about the women. There's all these things that we know about Diego, that he was fired from the Secretary of State's office, that he was about to be fired again before he quit, that there's huge questions about what he does for a job. There's huge questions about his military record. There's huge questions about him spending almost $44,000 on a campaign car. Does anybody raise their hand and go, Dude, what is the deal with you? Or do they just sit there and applaud like 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 a sheep? Well, I, I think it depends on I think it depends on a uh, which link of day your crowd you're at and which who the who the guest is. I, I really do, and if they allow for questions uh, <clears throat> at the at the very end. Uh, so those are three things you got to keep in mind. Well, I know I do know that Diego's uh, sort of speech after the story broke about the about the women in the sexual misconduct up in Clinton County. Because uh, I got this on firsthand knowledge, he said, "Hey, don't believe the Democrats. These are all lies. They're they're going after me with everything. They're throwing it into the kitchen sink. They're they're not going to beat me. They're they're not going to defeat me. They're not going to break my will. As God is my witness, I'll never go hungry again. <laughs> you know, just 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 pick pick the line from. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Right. And, pe- and people believe that. Um, Do people buy that? I believe outwardly people buy it. Really? So you're saying when he's at these Lincoln Day dinners, he does address some of these issues. Not directly, he'll say, "Don't believe, don't believe all the, don't believe all the stuff you've heard is not true." Yeah, but, but that, he won't go down specifically. No, he won't yeah. go to his personal record at the Secretary of State's office. Right. Uh, real quick, before we let you go, I want to get into the debate coming up Sunday night. It is the U.S. Senate debate? It'll be uh, Todd Young. We give Todd Young credit. He at least he's showing up to debate. James Siniak, the Libertarian, Marines always show and, up. and Tom. Oh, he was in the Marines. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Tom McDermott, the Democrat. Todd's going to have his hands full because both of these guys, Siniak and McDermott, are going to be coming after him from different sides. There's a whole lot of undecided Republicans, according to your poll. It could be a long hour for Todd Young. I think I expect McDermott to come in, come in, uh, Young from the left, Siniak to come McDermott from the right. Uh, yeah, but it's going to be an it's going to be an interesting debate. Also, uh, like you mentioned, state house happenings, a U.S. Senate debate. The topics are a lot more broad, yeah, a lot more varied mm-hmm. than if it's if, than if it's just a Secretary of State's race. So you got to be literally ready to answer almost any question. And by the way, folks, uh, with the questions that are asked in, in these types of debates by the Indiana Debate Commission, League of Women Voters. 
the questions are submitted by you, the audience, by you, the public. That is where the questions come from. Now, at the most, the moderator and the debate commissioner kind of go through and like, hey, here's some questions on, uh, say, on inflation. Let's combine these into one, or let's do this and this. But, but this whole thing about, you know, there, there are a bunch of liberals who are out to get us is total BS. What sort of tight wire act is old Duke of Spendingburg Todd Young going to do? Because your poll says there's a whole lot of conservatives and liberty-minded people who can't stand the guy and are not committed to voting for him. But yet, if he goes hardcore for those people, he risks alienating your, your uh, squish moderate Republican buddies. Uh, how does he balance that? Well, we like to think of ourselves as thoughtful. Thank oh, you. sure. Right, right, right. You're always the do-gooders in society. Yes, we are. We do good for everybody. Uh, we like to do good for ourselves. Mostly for yourselves. Yes, yeah. thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think Todd's going to have, uh, he's, uh, like I said, with the, with the undecided voters, particularly the undecided Republican voters, I think he's going to be like, it's, it's the analogy I use, it's the guy who did the, the man on the wire, the high wire act, and walked between the World Trade Centers. He's, he's got a balancing act. He's got on one hand, you know, got to keep, get, keep your uh, moderate independent voters happy to vote for you, but at the same time, you still got to bring your base home. So it's, it's going to be an interesting performance. Are you working this weekend? Uh, yes. What are uh, you doing? What's coming up uh, 1 to 3 on WIBC? Actually, 1 to 2.30, I'm going to have uh, my interview with uh, Andrew Weiser, who's my pollster. Just kind of walk through the numbers and how he did the poll and sort of lay some... some sort of, I love the line, well, I don't know why they polled. I don't know why they polled. Nobody called me. Well, did you answer the phone? <laughs> 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 that is coming up Saturday, 1 to 2.30, Abdul at Large. You, uh, well, you're you. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. It is 945 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And high mortgage rates are pushing first-time homebuyers out of the housing market and back into the rental market. And this is not a good thing because uh, new research, new studies coming out, showing how rental prices had started to fall, but now they're on their way back up. The national mortgage rate reached nearly 7%. It's a 16-year high, more than double the mortgage rate seen last year. Yeah, it's a really fascinating thing I enjoy when I walk in the evenings. I am the person who, when I see a for sale sign mm -hmm. next to a house, I will uh, take one of the flyers that is in the, you know, the little take one. The little box, yeah. yeah. And I enjoy looking at those things. And what's interesting is how prices do seem to be beginning, at least, to returning more towards... Now, they're still inflated, but not the ridiculous level of inflation that we saw from 2020 through mid-2022, and that is driven primarily by the interest rates. Obviously, the overall price on the house, while cheaper, is markedly more expensive when you factor in the enhanced interest rate. And so what that is doing is it is, once again... It's amazing how people seem to be repeatedly priced out of the market. Mm -hmm. You're either priced out of the market based on the price, or you're priced out of the market based on the interest rate, right. which raises the overall what you pay each month right. on the loan, which is why whenever the government tells you it's a good idea for them to get involved in anything, <laughs> it ne when does it ever work out, Casey? Right. When does government involvement ever work out? And so, I'm here to help. So as a result, what you are seeing is... People being unable to afford homes mm -hmm. are now perpetually pushed back into the renter's market, which puts more people in the market, which means there's fewer uh, spaces available, which means the spaces that do become available, those rents are being raised because it's supply 
and demand. Yeah. And the Fed said that we can expect rates to rise even further. They're going to have to go through more corrections before homes become more affordable again. Well, and, and so this comes back to, you know, we talked with Abdul about the U.S. Senate debate, and we're going to have James Siniak, the libertarian, on later on in the program. Mm-hmm. McDermott and Siniak, if they're worth anything, every answer should involve hammering Todd Young, Duke of Spendingburg, on the $11 trillion he's added to the national debt. Because whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, whatever— Todd Young's egregious abuse of the money printing factory in this country has put every person in this position. It's a it's a thing that he is directly responsible for. Mm-hmm. And every single American can relate to every single Hoosier, every single voter can relate to. And the government has caused this. Like, you know, I saw the statistic, according to The Hill, where rent growth year mm-hmm. over year is 12.3%. That means for the average person, their rent is 12.3% higher mm-hmm. than it was one year ago. You're probably not making 12.3% more in your paycheck. No. And that's that's the whole thing, that the wages aren't keeping up with the increase in everything, your rent, your groceries, your gas, and not just rent, but home prices up 16% from last year. And so it comes back to, and now he's clearly gotten the message, which is why the Duke of Spendingburg now only has events that appears between the hours of nine and noon <laughs> so that we can't come to his events, which mm-hmm. I'm sure Igor, his evil assistant, was given strict orders to do that going forward. But he told us in that room full of people, I'm not sorry that I voted to print all that money. I would do it all again. Mm-hmm. I'm not stopping if you reelect me. If you're Siniac and McDermott, screw the abortion stuff. Nobody cares. If you're Tom McDermott, nobody cares. You're running an ad right now on abortion. Nobody cares. You know what people care about? This stuff right here. And Todd Young is directly responsible for it. And if you're Siniac or McDermott, how on Sunday is every answer not, Todd, you have said repeatedly, you would have voted to print that money if you had it to do all over again. So you're proud that the average person's rent is 12.3% higher nationwide than it was a year ago. You're proud of that? So it gets even worse, though, because this is an updated story from Daily Mail. They're saying that rent in Indianapolis is 21% higher. It is the third largest increase in the country. So Cincinnati leads the way, followed by Pittsburgh, and then right here in central Indiana, Indianapolis, the third highest rent of any city in the entire country. Remember that game where you, it had the, the balls were like lined up and you'd flick it and it hit one ball and then it would mm-hmm. make the ball and the other right, hit? Right, and they'd and bounce back and forth. That should absolutely, if, if Siniac and McDermott do not get together and team up on this guy for an hour, you've got, this is your only chance, right? You've got one hour on statewide television and the Duke of Spendingburg has nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. And you have an opportunity to take out on this dude in one hour the anger and frustration of seven million people in this state and make him own what he's done. I would 
I would write a sizable check if I could, you know, in baseball, they have the designated hitter. Mm -hmm. I would write a sizable check to either one of those campaigns if there was a way I could be the designated debater (laughs) on statewide television, because this is an opportunity a lot of people would kill for to finally hold, because it's not, it's not just Todd Young, Mm -hmm. right? It's the vast majority of the United States Congress, Republicans and Democrats alike, who have done this to people. It didn't happen in a vacuum. It didn't happen accidentally. It is the votes that these people people took to print all of this money and then as a result the federal reserve has tried to on its own without any help from the federal government because they refuse to stop printing money try to interest rate hike our way out of this recession out of this inflation which you cannot do and so as a result now people mm-hmm. can't afford homes and now they can't afford the rent because everybody is forced to go back into the renters market because homes are so expensive because of interest rates yeah hikes. but renters are feeling just as squeaky. Yeah. If you didn't lock in that mortgage rate years ago and you're trying to get into the housing market now, wow, it's rough. And renting and trying to save money to get that down payment for that first house, that's getting harder too. Indianapolis, largest increase, 21% in the entire country. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about something else. Yes. <laughs> Britain's King Charles, he's going to be crowned at London's Westminster Abbey next May oh. in a ceremony. It's a traditional pageantry, all of that. It's been happening for over a thousand years. And he actually said that he wants to scale down the coronation ceremony. And not only will he be crowned, but his wife will also be crowned as well. It's going to happen on Saturday, May 6th. You say bull. Uh, There's no way a guy who has waited his entire life for something. And we all know everything that's been written and said about Prince Charles is he has thought about this his entire life. Because let's face it, the guy is a complete and utter doofus who just by luck of bloodline mm-hmm. will rise to be one of the most powerful people in the world. He knows what a zero he is. <laughs> and this is the moment he has waited his entire life for. You think he's going to scale that down? You think there's going to be anything? I mean, what is he? He's what, 74? 73. I think? 73. So he has essentially been waiting, well, 50 years Mm -hmm. for this moment. No way. This will be the greatest spectacle in the history of ever. So, you know, we were saying uh, many times how Queen Elizabeth was the oldest monarch, the longest reigning. Charles will now be the oldest monarch to be crowned. Yeah. You mentioned he's waited a long time. Yeah. Yeah. A really long time. He's going to be the oldest one ever. The 41st monarch in line to be crowned. But there's nothing wrong with having a long storied history. And I think you question a lot, why do people care? Yes. Well, you know, they speak the same language we do. There are monarchies in other countries that we don't seem to care as much about, right? I think people are still going to be interested in this. You, I, I know you won't be buying your plane ticket to go. Are you getting dizzy with all that spinning you're doing? <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.